In today's economic storm, people's retirement accounts are being devastated. Consumers are searching for a safe place to put their money. Are you feeling the same? If you are, please get ready to listen and learn about a new concept that will give you financial security and peace of mind. Now, here is the host of Become the Banker, certified financial planner and award-winning author, Joseph Quijano. Well, good morning, everybody. This is a beautiful Monday morning here in Colorado. My goodness, I mean, the temperature is supposed to be getting up to the 70s today. Can you believe that? It's supposed to be winter time. And right here in Colorado, we're going to have almost 70 degree weather. My Lord, that's amazing to me. But uh, I want to welcome you within the uh, show. We have also my son, Jordan, joining us. And uh, we're going to be talking today about a a specific product that is highly misunderstood and it's life insurance and consumers today, ladies and gentlemen have really, uh, they're really not only concerned, but they're confused. There's so many types of life insurance today. There's term, there's whole life, there's universal life, there's variable life, there's equity index life insurance. So, how is that consumer to choose what is the best policy for them? So in today's show, we're going to be talking to you about what is really the type of policy that people should have, number one. And number two, is it wise to overfund? That means to put a lot of money into what we call whole life insurance as a safe investment in today's economic turmoil economy that we're living in. So a lot of people are turning into that. So we're going to be talking about those two primary things. So let me begin by letting you know that life insurance wasn't really born a couple of years ago or 20 years ago. It was actually born in the 1700s. It came from England into the United States in the early 1800s. And, uh, you know, right here in the United States, it's, it's very obvious when the immigrants came from all over the world to New York, to the famous island, Perry Island, uh, my goodness, I mean, they came in with no family. They left their families behind. They came from Spain. They came from Mexico. They came from all over the place in the world to the land of opportunity here. And uh, they left everything. They came with nothing. They came here to look for a job, to work, so they could send money back home to, to their loved ones. So here in the United States, they got together in, in groups, like social groups. You know, uh, the Spaniards, formed their own little group. The Italians formed their own little group. The, you know, the Czechoslovakians, their own little group. The Canadians, they, they formed their own little group. So what I'm trying to say to you is that everybody with a different heritage formed their own little groups. And they used to get together. And they used to talk. And they used to discuss, you know, what would happen? What would really happen? If something were to happen to us, what would happen to our family, 
back home. So they innovated the idea of what they called a shoebox theory. They got a, a shoebox, an empty shoebox, and they passed it around at meetings. Every time they had a meeting or a social gathering, they would, they would actually pass the shoebox around for people to contribute. Whatever they could contribute, whether it would be a penny, a nickel, a dime, a quarter, a dollar, it didn't matter. And the shoebox was supposed to go to the family left behind if one of those members were to pass away. That was the beginning. That was the raw beginning of life insurance. Now today, we don't have a shoebox. Today, we have life insurance companies that hire professional people to actually develop the proper rates that we have to pay based on our age and health so that the company, if something were to happen to one of the clients, could actually pay out a death benefit. So it is more technical today. It is not just a shoebox theory. It is truly a science of life insurance. Uh, you know, I, I think, Jordan, I, I think you actually, uh, in, in your office, don't you have the uh, on your wall, I've seen it before, like the history of life insurance? Yeah, I do. It's definitely one of those just kind of uh, eye-opening experiences to see how long life insurance has really been around. I mean, when you're talking about, I mean, very, very, very far back in the days when it first started. But when you look at the history of kind of how it survived the Great Depression, you know, the, the, the issues we've seen here in our economy here in the U.S., the oil embargoes, all these different just horrific things, and especially ones in like 9-11 when we had, unfortunately, that terrible terrorist attack on the United States. Life insurance companies have been around through all of that, and they were paying death claims to all the surviving families, even when in their contracts, when they say that there's uh, an attack on the U.S. or if there's ever, uh, you know, a, a kind of a threat of some kind of sort like that, that they don't have to pay any death claims. But yet life insurance companies honored that saying that they would definitely pay the, the claims out to any families that had suffered through that because they've been around for so long. They wanted to stand by their word, and that's a very honorable and admirable trait for them to have. Absolutely. I mean, I think life insurance is really a noble, really noble industry where it's really, you know, the basis of it is neighbor helping neighbor, basically. So today... You're absolutely right, Jordan. I mean, 9-11 was a terrific event here in the United States. And, um, you know, I remember President Bush on TV, coming on the uh, TV saying, we have been attacked. This is an act of war. We are at war. Just by saying that, I mean, I get goosebumps right now just talking about it. Because, I mean, just by saying that, Life insurance companies did not have to pay any death claims. 
because in their contract, there is specific languages preventing life insurance companies to pay out the death claim in the event of war. And it was actually deemed as an act of war, yet they paid. What a noble, what a noble industry. I mean, life insurance does so much for society today. Just think what it would be like if there was no life insurance companies. What it would be like if there was no life insurance policies protecting our lives. I mean, what, 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 what would it be like for a widow, you know, to survive without the help of the legacy left behind from the husband? What, what would it be like for a baby to be left with absolutely no legacy because mom and dad or mom or only dad passed away? Are they going to be able to go to school? Are they going to be able to go to college? What kind of lifestyle are they going to have? So life insurance is a very, very needed aspect of financial planning, ladies and gentlemen. And to me, right now, from, his, from the early beginning of the shoebox theory to what life insurance companies have done today, it's amazing. So let me go back to the very beginning where everybody used to pass the shoebox and they would contribute money into it just in case somebody died and the money would go to the family left behind. Well, that was the very beginning of life insurance. And it went on for years like that. Then all of a sudden, some of the members began to say, well, look, what happens if I don't die? What happens to the money? It's just going to stay there in the shoebox, right? Well, what happens if I don't die and, and I live a long, fruitful life and my family doesn't need the death benefit of the shoebox because I'm still alive? So it was at that point that a life insurance company now, a formal life insurance company was actually formed and they said, you know what? Let's have two types of policies. One that will pay only if people die. And they called it term, T-E-R-M, term insurance. And term, the meaning of that is temporary. It only goes for a certain number of years. So that means that you have to die within that period for the policy to pay. So if you don't pass away during that period of time, it could be maybe 10 years, could be 20 years, 30 years. Then you have to renew the policy if you want to have the policy continue to protect your life. But guess what? You're going to be 10, 20, or 30 years older. So now, because this is no longer a shoebox, holding your money. Now, companies have actuaries that develop rates, you know, life insurance rates based on your age and gender and health. So they may say, well, you know, when, when you were 20, you had a policy 
X number of dollars, premium-wise. When you became 40, that premium increased to maybe twice. When you became 60, it increases like maybe 10 times. And again, it only pays upon your death. That's what they call term insurance. So going back to the question that that member had for the group when he, when he was passing around the shoebox to, to, uh, to collect money from the other members, his question was, well, what happens if I don't die? What would happen to the shoebox if I don't die? Nothing, right? That's term insurance. So life insurance companies became wise. They're very, very innovative. I mean, life insurance companies, I mean, they control the money supply of the, of the country, basically. So they began to develop products. And Jordan, you want to talk about the, you know, the, the product that actually pays that you, know, you don't have to die for the policy to pay. And they develop products that actually appeal to the masses of people that say, well, what happens if I don't pass away right now? What happens to my money? So what did, they, what did they develop? Are you talking about the equity index products? Yeah, or whole life, right? Right. Well, it's just one of those benefits that nowadays they've gotten better to a point where for people who are living longer, who are having the ability to maybe not need the the life insurance uh, coverage right away, uh, you know, they've designed these products to have a little bit more kind of what I call bells and whistles or a little bit more benefits to them. I think the biggest flaw that most people look at life insurance as is that I'm going to have a death benefit that's going to pay out many, many years from now, and it's not going to benefit me as the individual. It's only going to be benefit my family, which Honestly, that is a noble thing to have because you are protecting your family. It's a selfless uh, gift to give because you are protecting your loved ones. But unfortunately, that still is the stigma that a lot of people still carry is I'm not buying it for myself. I'm buying it for others. And, and, and I don't get to reap the benefits for myself. It's the others that get to reap the benefits. Well, life insurance companies and other uh, you know, products that we deal with that become the banker have gotten better over the years where they allow you to not only have benefits for if you do pass away, but they give you the benefits for while you're alive, for you to use while you're alive, access the benefits to help self-finance your purchases. From our previous podcast shows, you've heard this before from, you know, what we've talked about being able to get out of debt nine years or less including your mortgage, that's how you're able to use these beautiful programs to help get you out of debt or use it maybe to protect your money from the stock market because it has nothing to do with the volatility of the stock market. So products have gotten better over time, realizing that it's not just for death benefit anymore, but it is for everything else. What if you do live a very long and healthy life? but maybe you don't have enough money set aside to retire. That's a problem. What if you do live a long and healthy life, but now you need long-term care needs or a nursing facility? That's another problem. And so you have all these areas where these products with Become the Banker specialize in protecting you in all these different areas, all under one house. And you don't have to worry about having 
four or five different products. You can have one or even two, and you can be very well protected. That is right. So, you know, we're just about ready to take a break for this little section here. But I do just want to add one thing, you know, that you just remember term insurance is death insurance. Term is death. So like if you work, if you work for an employer and they give you group insurance, they give you what they call a group term life insurance. It's only a death benefit policy. So if you are just like the member many years ago that said, well, what happens if I live a long life? Then we have other products that can go for the rest of your life. It's not temporary. And one of those products is called whole life. Just like it sounds, whole life. H-W-H-O-L-E, life. Whole life. That means that it will go for the rest of your life, no matter how old you live. And right now, by the way, ladies and gentlemen, life insurance companies can actually, uh, you know, they actually hire what they call actuaries and, and underwriters, and they actually work with mortality tables. So they actually know they're very accurate as to how many people are going to die at a certain age. The medical profession uses those tables, like Prudential Financial, which is a huge life insurance company here. Actually, what they do, they, 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 um, they publish the mortality tables that they come up with and the medical profession will use them. That's how ac accurate they are. So if you want to have protection for the rest of your life, guess what? You need a policy that is called whole life. And we'll talk more about that in a few minutes when we come back for with our break. If what you thought to be true about money turned out not to be true, when would you like to know about it? Most of us have been taught wrong about money either by our family or friends. Our school system does not have any curriculum to teach us how money really works and how to make our money grow without risk in any economy. By tuning in to Become the Banker radio show with certified financial planner Joseph Quijano, you'll learn the truth about money and strategies to help you grow your money without risk. Are you ready to thrive financially in the economy? Listen for Become the Banker Radio Show every Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific. Are you a subject matter expert? Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspire Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspire Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspirechoicesnetwork.com. This is the Become the Banker Show with certified financial planner, Joseph Quijano. To participate in today's show, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also ask or comment by email to joseph at becomethebanker.org or text to 303-880-0887.
Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You know, we were just talking about the wonderful uh, industry called life insurance and the, uh, the products and how it actually started. So it all started with a death benefit policy, the shoebox or the term policy that we now know it as. So just think about that. Term policies are just like the shoebox, okay? It only pays upon your death. Now, people are people. They're greedy. Some of, some of them are greedy, I should say. And there's a little part of greediness that they have. And they say, well, what happens if I contribute every single month, every single year into the shoebox or the term life insurance policy and I don't pass away? So they wanted to have a policy that could actually pay whether they would live or die. Just think about that. So life insurance companies being as resourceful as they are, they began to actually design a policy that could actually pay out in case of death or in case of life. And they called it whole life insurance. That means that the policy will go for the rest of your life. By the way, here in the United States, the mortality tables now are showing that people are capable of living to the age of 121 years. Can you believe that? 121 years? Amazing. So life insurance companies have actually adjusted their illustration system, their policies, to actually show people that they will be covered all the way to age 121. And by the way, this is only with whole life insurance. Term insurance doesn't go that far. You have to renew it. And you're going to get to be a certain age, like maybe in your 70s or 80s, and you're not going to be able to renew it anymore because you're, you know, you're closer to graduating to the next world. And life insurance companies, you know, the, the whole idea behind collecting the premium is that they want to collect premiums and not pay a death benefit until many, 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 many years after they've been collecting those premiums. So they're not going to take a risk who's 80 or 90 years old at this point because they know that they're going to have to pay that death claim almost immediately. So life insurance companies are very, very innovative. They began with a shoebox. They, they, they went into term insurance, only based upon your death. Then they went into whole life, the pace whether you live or die. Now, the whole life policy, and, and Jordan, you may want to chime in if you like, it offers a 4%, right? Guaranteed and tax-free rate of return. What else does it have? It gives you that ability to have the growth of not having anything to deal with the stock market. So like you said, that guaranteed 4% is crucial in times like this with the uncertainty of the stock market. It could drop, it could go back up, it could drop, it could go back up. Well, with this account, you don't have to ever worry about that. It's always guaranteed to grow at a guaranteed 4% rate of return. In addition to that, the company also gives you dividends, which dividends are just the profits of the company. So dividends are in addition to the 4%. And with the companies that we use, there's only about a handful of companies that actually participate in these types of banking policies. 
but all of them that we use are over they're at least over 100 years old and they've never missed paying a dividend for over those 100 plus years so good example is today's dividend is sitting right around one percent so you're getting the guaranteed four percent plus today's dividend of one percent so people are getting five percent on their account yeah and, and don't forget i mean this is such a beautiful product that here i'm, I'm just talking about here in the united states right now there's a uh, there's a tax code right there with the internal revenue service it's called 7702 tax code 7702 that makes life insurance to be totally tax free now how good is that i mean think about it tax free i mean that means that if you were to pass away to tomorrow the death benefit will go to your loved ones absolutely income tax free and the 4% that Jordan was talking about, plus the dividend, which is the profits of the company, the 1% dividend, the 5%, it's totally tax-free. So my gosh, wouldn't it make an, would it make sense to you to maybe stuff money or put money into a good whole life policy that is going to give you a respectable and tax-free rate of return guaranteed plus that dividend. So in case you didn't pass away, you have the ability to do what? Use that money that is it's building. It's, it's like a pool of money that you have that is building every time you contribute into the policy it goes into the pool of money that builds tax-free monies for you. So would you have a problem, really, contributing to a life insurance policy that is properly designed, that is the key, that could give you a guaranteed rate of return, a dividend, you wouldn't have to pay any taxes at all whatsoever on the gain, on the death benefit, or when you take the money out, no penalties, no taxation, would you have any problems doing that? See, I think, you know, and, and I think Jordan can maybe allude to this, but I think most people have a negative view, a negative connotation of life insurance. Most people think that they have to die for the policy to pay, right, Jordan? That's right. And that's something that, uh, just like I mentioned earlier in the show, that is the negative stigma that comes with life insurance is that most people feel it's not for them. It's for the people they leave behind, which, again, is a noble cause. That is main, the main reason why you purchase it is to help protect your loved ones. But as far as an, an, an investment term or as far as looking at it and making money, people don't like that because you don't get you don't get the benefits yourself you have to pass away for the policy to pay for and that's traditional life insurance well luckily there are some beautiful policies that are out there that the wealthy have known about for many 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 years i mean i'm talking about over 200 years 
the wealthy have used specific type of life insurance policies to act like banks. And these are the policies that we're talking about. That is why we are called Become the Banker, is because we want to show you how you can build your pool of money away from the banks and away from the government. And by doing this, this is all legal. It all follows the IRS codes. There's nothing fishy about it. It's the fact of the matter is it's playing along with the rules that the government's put in place and that the IRS has put in place. So these policies, these whole life, well, let's just call them these bank policies, these whole life bank policies allow you to stuff money in them without any limitations. You get to build it tax-free and you get to earn a guaranteed rate of return on them. So look at it. It's almost just like a Roth, a Roth IRA. If you look at a Roth or you look at a traditional IRA or 401k, the big difference between the, the two is a Roth is that you're paying taxes on the money today. Whatever money you put into the Roth, you're paying taxes on today. But it grows tax-free for the rest of your life, no matter how long you live. Whereas a regular IRA or traditional IRA or a 401k, you take the tax break today. You don't pay any taxes on it today. You put that money aside, not paying any taxes today, but to postpone the tax bill for when you do retire. And at what tax bracket? Who knows? It can be at a much, much higher tax bracket than we are today. And that's the sad reality that people are starting to realize is, unfortunately, especially here in the U.S., and I'm sure this is true in many other countries as well, but our country's broke. We, we are in almost over $26 trillion of debt. How do you think this debt's going to get paid off? It's not going to just magically disappear. Well, that's going to have to be paid back in the form of taxes, retirement accounts, and especially with Social Security, there's going to be some kind of, you know, some changes that are going to have to happen over time because there's just not enough to provide the benefits for everybody who's retiring in today's world. So think about this while we're going on to our next break. And I want you really, really to consider what money do you have? Do you have tax-free money built up right now? Or do you have taxable money that's just waiting to be taxed in the future? This is Jordan and Joseph Quijano with Become the Banker on Inspired Choices Network. We'll be right back with you after this short break. If what you thought to be true about money turned out not to be true, when would you like to know about it? Most of us have been taught wrong about money either by our family or friends. Our school system does not have any curriculum to teach us how money really works and how to make our money grow without risk in any economy. By tuning in to Become the Banker radio show with certified financial planner Joseph Quijano, you'll learn the truth about money and strategies to help you grow your money without risk. Are you ready to thrive financially in the economy? Listen for Become the Banker Radio Show every Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific. 
Investments hit all-time lows, except for Become the Banker. Do you know how much money was lost in those accounts? Not one penny. Become the Banker is a safe, guaranteed return of 4% plus a 1% dividend. In a nutshell, you overfund life insurance on purpose to build a tax-sheltered cash account for retirement and for loaning to yourself along the way and not losing to the stock market. BecomeTheBanker.org. You owe it to yourself to go to the next seminar. BecomeTheBanker.org. Who's laughing now? This is the Become the Banker Show with certified financial planner, Joseph Quijano. To participate in today's show, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. You can also ask or comment by email to joseph at becomethebanker.org or text to 303-880-0887. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Joseph Quijano here with uh, Jordan. And uh, we just got a, uh, a comment or a question, really, in the chat room. It says, do you recommend most people buy whole life for their kids as soon as they are born? Is that the best strategy? You know, uh, whole life has been used like that here for, like my uh, Jordan said, about two, 200 years. That means that grandparents, parents, rather than putting money on a bank account, they're actually buying policies on their children as soon as they're born or the grandchildren. So that means that the policy will grow for many years. And by the time that that child or that grandchild turns 65, let's say, it's going to be worth a lot of money. And actually grandpa, grandma, my mom, my dad actually created this legacy for me. So yes, it is a good strategy. It is a strategy that has been used for many, many years, and it's been proven to work. Right. It's, but I want to make one right? comment to that, though. It, you're absolutely right. It's been, it's been out there, and it's been used. But the thing is, is that there's different policies nowadays that have gotten better. I think everybody looks at when you hear about those policies that you put on your newborns, the Gerber life policies. Those are typically the Gerber whole life policies. And, and, and there's nothing wrong with them at all. They're a great policy for what they are. But the thing is, typically, what happens a lot of times is those Gerber life policies or those, or those beginning policies that you start with, with a newborn, they're limited. They only give you a death benefit of about $10,000. They only, they only have the ability to build so much cash in them because most people are only putting maybe 10 or $20 in a month. So really, they're nice for what they are in the very beginning stages. But once your child gets to be of age of 16, when they want to purchase their first vehicle, unfortunately, those type of Gerber life policies they're not going to have the type of funds to be able to purchase a vehicle. So when we sit down with our clients and we really want to build a similar plan for them and really, really put it aside, not just for purchasing a vehicle or not just for the protection of their life, but really it's to help build a college fund for them. Uh, and this is huge because a lot of people don't realize that you can use these specialized life insurance policies to help build a college plan to help pay for college for your children. 
And the best benefit, best benefit with it is it doesn't count against financial aid. You could go the traditional route and get a 529 plan. And again, college planning is important. No matter what way you do it, you need to plan for college for your children. It is just so dang expensive today that you cannot go without planning for college and putting money aside. But the best method that we believe at our firm is using these banking policies and use them not only for, like I said, purchasing a vehicle or further protection or for retirement in the years, but also to use it for college because you can get financial aid, you can get the max benefits, and it does not count against your FAFSA form. And this is huge because 529 plans do count against your FAFSA forms. And so when we sit down with our clients and you look at this comparison of a 529 plan that's tied to the stock market that has really no guarantees, it's tied to mutual funds. That means if the stock market tanks right before your child goes to college, well, that might mean they don't have the same amount of money or maybe lose it all and not have any money at all for their college education. And that's very painful. We see that happen all the time. Whereas this plan, it's guaranteed to grow. There is no uncertainty. It has the guaranteed growth. It stays tax-free. You get to use it for college. You get to use it for their first vehicle. And guess what? Let's play the other side that maybe the child gets a scholarship, whether it's a full-ride scholarship or a school of grants or whatever the case may be. And they Maybe they don't need the 529 plan that you put together. Well, the 529 plan has to be used for education. And if you use it for anything else, you get penalized and taxed heavily on it because it's only meant for education. Whereas the Become the Banker plan, you can use it for whatever you want. It doesn't have to be just for a college education. And nowadays... There's a lot of students that want to travel abroad. They want to go do some semesters or do some school out uh, in the UK maybe or in Indonesia or wherever. And they want to go travel abroad. And a lot of those 529 plans are limited to what you can only do in the United States. Whereas the Become the Banker gives you that freedom to do whatever you want with it. Use it for everything you want to do in your life with college for buying the first vehicle and then once they get out of college they can use it going forward to purchase their house to to, to be able to purchase a a business a practice a home and use it for retirement down the road so you're not just setting them up just for college you're setting them up for a lifetime tool that they're going to be able to use throughout the rest of their life that is, you know, you know, Jordan, that brings to mind, you know, what happened to um, a client of ours, actually. But she's actually a host of a, of a TV show that we participate in every single month. And, uh, you know, she had actually three, she has three nieces. And when they were small, she bought a college investment plan here in Colorado. And... Uh, so Which she, is a 529 plan. Yeah, 529 plan. And basically, she put money in every single month into those plans. And by the time those kids became 18, 
listen to this carefully, out of the three, two had no money. Only one survived. So the other two fail financially. They, those, those plans don't work because they go along with the stock market. So you better pray that the stock market is up when your child or grandchild is going to be going to college. This lady lost money in two out of the three 529 plans. Now tell me, she absolutely fell apart. I mean, she had to dig into her savings to actually help the other two nieces with money so they could also go to college. So two out of the three plans failed financially. So what we're talking about here is a plan that is totally guaranteed. It's being used not only for life insurance, but I mean, it's guaranteed to be there when you, when you need it. It's guaranteed to be there if you die. It's guaranteed to be there if you need money. And it's going to be guaranteed, guaranteed if you need to send your child or grandchild to college. You really just have to get past the name. That's the thing. Life insurance is just the name. It's just used for its tax code. Life insurance is one of the last tax-free shelters that you're able to stuff money into without any limitations to how much you can put in. And so if you can just get past the name life insurance and focus on what it can do for you, you're going to be just light years ahead of anybody else. And this is what the wealthy have seen for so many years that, yes, the death benefit is important. It will give you that generational income so that you can pass down the legacy to the next generation. And if you can teach your children this and their children, well, that's how you can continue to keep generational income growing every generation as it goes forward. But it's not just meant for that. It's meant for the now, the today, to use it for not only the college, to use it for self-financing those purchases, use it for your business, use it for anything. And the best part of it is it's got a proven track record. It's been around for over 200 years. It hasn't failed. And the safety nets that are put in place when it comes to life insurance are, it's just beyond belief how safe the products are. They have so many safety, I guess, I guess we, uh, best way of saying it, so many safety nets that the state of Colorado, the state of Illinois, whatever state that the insurance company resides in, they have safety nets put in place that if for any reason a life insurance company were ever to have a financial trouble or if they got into a bad investments or whatever the case may be, they have about three safety nets that come in place to make sure that the policy owners or the insured people do not take a hit. How this works is, number one, if you look at any life insurance company, any of them, and you look at their asset portfolio, you look at the pie chart, you're going to see about 70 to close to about 70 to 80 percent of their assets are what are, are what we call investment grade bonds, bonds, not stocks, not mutual funds. They have to be an investment grade bonds. And as most people who don't know what a bond is, all that is is a debt within a company. 
So if you look at like GE or, or Tesla or any of these other companies, they need to raise money because uh, they're trying to get their new Tesla Model 3 out there. Well, what they do is they put bond notes out there for companies to buy up at a guaranteed interest rate. And the bond could be for five years, 10 years, 20 years. It's based off the note. But bonds are what you call tier one capital in the sense of they are the number one asset that gets paid out if a company ever went belly up. So in other words, let's take a life insurance company buys these bonds from Tesla and has millions and millions of dollars with Tesla. But if Tesla went, went under and they had to go bankrupt, the first person you get paid are going to be the bondholders. They get their money first. So that's why bonds are very, very safe. Number two now, that other part of the pie chart, the 70 to 80%, life insurance companies, they are for, forbidden to be in the stock market. They cannot invest any money in the stock market no matter what. So when you look at a life insurance company, the rest of their portfolio, they invest in what's called commercial real estate. We're talking about shopping malls, business buildings, anything that's, you know, those, uh, those huge skyscrapers, nothing residential. We're talking about the big stuff. If you look at a building that goes up and you got that wired fence right around the building and it says this is built by bank XYZ with credential or with MetLife or with life insurance XYZ, they are able to put their money into those buildings, rent them out, make a killing, or at a certain point when the market's very high like it is here in Colorado, they can sell it and make a killing. And the rest of their money is really just in policy owner loans where, they, where they're able to loan some money to the uh, policy owners. If you're insured, you can borrow money from the insurance company and pay them back. And then the small percentage in cash. So the life insurance company, they're probably making somewhere around maybe 8 or 9%. That's why they can guarantee you 4%. And the difference between the 4% and the 9%, that's where they pay you back in dividends. After they pay the lights, after they pay the staff on hands, and however many death claims they have for the year, whatever money's left over, they divvy the rest of that up in a form of a dividend, and they share that with you and I as a policy owner. So that is the first real safety net of the life insurance companies. And if you don't mind, I just got one more part to it. Right after that is if the life insurance company, for some reason, falls out of that financial grid and they can't stay profitable, and now they're starting to have financial troubles, why I mentioned the state of Colorado or the state of Illinois is every state has an insurance department. And what that means is, is once that insurance company, if there is that financial difficulty, the insurance department, as well as the insurance commissioner of that state, will come in and run that insurance company. That's step number one. They come in, run the company, and try to get it back to a profitable state. Now, if they can't keep it at a profitable state, and they're still having financial troubles, step number two comes in place now. And this is where they find a merging company to fulfill all the promises that were made to all the policy owners. And I mean, every single promise has to be kept down to the penny. Otherwise, the merger would not go through. 
And if the third and final step would happen, if they couldn't get it profitable, if they can't find a merging company, then number three happens where the actual state insurance department will take on your policy for you. It's very similar to like the FDIC, if you want to compare it to anything, but the actual insurance department will back your policy up to $300,000 of death benefit and $100,000 of cash, meaning that they're going to insure you and they're going to be basically the insurance company for you. What other product, what other companies out there would the uh, state insurance department or, or even just the state or government ever put their name behind on an investment? There's none. There's nothing out there. So, so really, this is how safe and how protected life insurance is because really there's not many life insurance companies that have ever gone belly up. How many, Joe, how many would you have, have you said in your life? How many would you say? Well, in my lifetime, I mean, you know, I've been doing financial planning for the last, I think it's like 47 years now. And I have only seen one company during those times, one company that had any, 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 kind of a site of uh, financial difficulties. Mm-hmm. And that was in the 1980s when this company, Jordan, went actually out of the grid and that uh, they wanted to be more aggressive on their investments. So right. in, instead of purchasing bonds, they got into the stock market. And right now, see, companies like that, they're forbidden to do that. But I mean, this company went out of the grid into the stock market and, it, and the market went down and it failed. So what you said is absolutely true. The state, this is a, uh, in California, the state of California, the state insurance department came into the home office, ran the company until they found a merging company. And one point I do want to make is that every single promise that was made by that failing company had to be kept with a new merging company. Otherwise, the merger would not have been approved. So you see, I think, Jordan, you and I have gone to the state insurance department here in Colorado many times. And we know, don't we know that they are really for consumer protection? Oh, yes. And and the only reason why we go to it, just so people know, is because for, for some of you who maybe don't know this about us, but we are actually a school here in Colorado. We license financial advisors. We license insurance individuals. So we have a very, very close relationship with the state of Colorado. And you are spot on with that, that their number one motto is consumer protection. That is what they care for, which is good because there are, you know, some people out there in the world that have taken advantage of people like the like the Bernie Madoffs, like the like the horrible Ponzi scams have ha- happened out there. But this is why you have to have consumer protection for individuals just like this. Absolutely, and I'm so glad that they have, you know, because see, uh, being a uh, being a school, you know, you know, we take it, you know, I, th- I think for the people to know, we bought a school about 20 years ago. Uh, it's the oldest school in Colorado. It's a financial services school. We licensed uh, from insurance people to financial planners. And every two years, they have to come back and take so many hours of continuing education. 
So the state of Colorado and, and every other state, by the way, we're not the only state that will do this. Every single state in the, in the United States, the, their insurance department mandates, it's a law, mandates that every agent, every financial planner has to do so many hours. Here is 24 hours every two years of what they call continuing education. So you see the state insurance department, they, they want to protect consumers from financial planners, insurance people that are not knowledgeable. So they mandate that they should go and take 24 credit hours every two years of continuing education. Just like, just like, my, just like our doctors, they have to do so many hours of continuing education to keep their licenses, just like nurses. So all I'm saying to you is that we believe in education, but we also believe in giving you the right information. And I think this is really crucial that we're going to continue this show, I think, at Jordan, uh, you know, next week. Because, I mean, there's a lot of things that we needed to talk about this, but we're just running out of time. But, I mean, life insurance is not only life insurance. Life insurance is meant for life not only death. Think about it like that. And it is the safest place to put your money. The safest. Now think about it. When I was writing my fourth book, Become the Banker 2, I did some research, a lot of research, about who actually holds, who actually buys this type of life insurance. You know who they were, Jordan? Banks, banks, banks. I mean, they have billions, not just millions, but billions of dollars in life insurance policies like the ones we're talking about, whole life. They call those policies bank-owned life insurance. And every bank, by the way, has a financial statement. It's public record. You can actually check it. And you will see a line item that says, B, like boy, O-L-I, bank on life insurance. They own billions of dollars in this type of policy. Why? Guaranteed? Liquid? Is what they call their tier one capital. You want to add anything before we go off the show, uh, Jordan? 15 seconds. It's all you. Go for it. All right. So you know what? We'll just follow through with the uh, same topic. We'll call it part two next week. Thank you for choosing to listen to Become the Banker Radio Show. Certified financial planner Joseph Quijano will return next Monday at 12 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central, 10 a.m. Mountain, and 9 a.m. Pacific. Until then, remember, rich people think like rich people. Poor people think like poor people.